0: Thank you so much for checking out the audio version of my channel, Ruslan KD, King's Dream Outlier on all platforms. If you, yes, you find this valuable, the best way you can reach me, the best way you can give me feedback, the best way you can even hop into a group Zoom call with me is through our King's Dream Patreon community So consider partnering with us there. The link is in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much for all the love and support. Now enjoy. Ruslan. One of the most divisive things in Christianity today seems to be the topic of church, finding a church. Why are there so many churches? How did we get so divided? There are over 40,000 different denominations worldwide, yet... I believe God is using His church here, now, today. And I'm going to talk about why church is important. And by the end of this video, you will know why church is important, what is church, and how you could find a healthy local church that is right for you. If you're finding this video valuable, if you're here, if you're new, give this video a like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Let's just jump right into it. I think church has probably in my life, in my life, been the most important thing I've done outside of surrendering my life to Jesus and marrying my wife. Why? I grew up without a ton of skills. I grew up in a single-parent home. Uh, My dad wasn't in my life until much later when I became an adult. And church became an amazing way for me to meet people, for me to exercise some of my spiritual gifts, for me to get fathered, get discipled, get mentored. And everything you're seeing me do on this YouTube channel is literally because I served in my local church. I've done everything in my local church from teaching kids ministry and watching my pastor's daughters, who are five and six, that when I first met them, and now they're 22, 23, married, incredible, right, to teaching junior high, to teaching in the high school, to starting a young adults ministry, to teaching on a Sunday morning platform, to being on staff at a church, and that also came with a ton of church hurt. The moment I surrendered my life to Jesus, six months in, we were doing a ministry where it was... Uh, teaching the scriptures and engaging our local community through hip-hop and music and then the church found out as a mega church found out what we were doing and they were like "Eh -eh, this ain't a part of our vision kicked us out we couldn't even meet for the very last time I then transplanted to my current church now the movement church in San Marcos and a couple years ago our head pastor stepped down because of some unethical decisions that almost destroyed the church and by the grace of God, we're still here. I'm not on staff anymore. I'm not on leadership anymore. So, I've gone through the gamut. I've I've literally seen the incredible impact that church can have in my life, and I've also gone through deep church hurt in in as a new believer and as a as a as a devoted follower of Jesus who's been walking with Jesus for a long time. But nevertheless, I still believe church is 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 Really essential. Is really essential. And I think it might be the missing ingredient for some of us here today. So let's talk about why 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 church is important, right? Why why is church important? Now if you guys look up the word church in the Greek, you will find that the word means ecclesia, okay? And I'm on gotquestions.org, which I recommend is a great resource for topics like this. Understanding the definition of ecclesia and its alternate spelling, ecclesia, is an important component of understanding the church. Ecclesia is a Greek word defined as a called out assembly or congregation. So it's commonly translated as church. So it's a local congregation that met their corner town squares, okay? So the word means local congregation. It means something where they got together and they had an assembly of believers together as well as the capital C church, the body of Christ, the the bigger church. So it's both. A lot of folks now are like, I don't really like a local church, maybe because they have church hurt like I do, or like I'm, you know, I'm going to be bedside Baptist. I'm just going to watch online and I'm not going to plug into a church because I'm a part of the capital C church. You said when two or more are gathered, he's a minister. So it's just me and my cat and I'm going to watch bedside Baptist and I'm not going to plug into a church. Right. And so I, I I think it's a, and both it's a local assembly and it is a, a, a bigger capital C worldwide church. And it's, it's stuck that way. Now, if we're going to talk about why church, we got to talk about, the person who wrote the majority of our New Testament letters, because that's what the New Testament is, by the way. They're letters to different churches. Believe it or not, the, the, the whole point of the New Testament Bible in the new is, is letters written to local churches. The church of Ephesus, the church in Corinth that right. You, you guys follow along. So someone who wrote the majority of our New Testament was the Apostle Paul. And so I want to just take a case study of Paul and go over it. So first of all, Paul meets Jesus on the road to Damascus. This is in the book of Acts. Paul is hellbent on destroying Christians. This is someone that, that that's more or less a terrorist against Christianity, right? And Jesus shows up to him, literally knocks him off his high horse. Paul is blinded and he has this encounter with Jesus. He's like, Why are you persecuting my church? Paul surrenders, gives his life to Jesus, and goes on to take the gospel to the Gentiles, to the known, to the known world of that time. And what we don't understand is the the in-between, right? Like how does Paul go from meeting Jesus to writing the New Testament letters that became our New Testament Bible? Well, what we don't know is that Paul actually spends three years in Arabia. Now, why is that significant? Okay, so let's go to Galatians chapter one. Galatians, this is a letter to the church of Galatia. And it says, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached Is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. Paul is writing a tumultuous church in Galatia that was following Jesus, and then some Jewish Christians got in and started getting these Gentiles to get back into following the laws of the jewish customs and paul is writing them. he's establishing them credibility and he's saying that just, just, just so we're clear uh th- this gospel that i preach to you is not coming from human origins it came for me directly from jesus now scholars debate on what happened in that three-year time span some believe Paul went to study. Others believe Paul went and spent time with Jesus personally, right? Just like the apostles spent three years with Jesus in his, in his earthly ministry. Some people believe that. There's a, there's a debate. But what we do know is that Paul gets saved. And as you'll see in the rest of this passage, for you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my father. So he's saying, look, man, you guys are converting back to these Jewish laws and doing all these Jewish things like getting circumcised and following laws. I was the guy pushing for Judaism. But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb, called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, my immediate response was not to consult any human being. Interesting. He says, I did go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went into Arabia. Later, I returned into Damascus. He says, then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Cephas and stayed with him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James the lord's brother do you guys know jesus had a brother by the way it's crazy Jesus' brother they say did not follow him while jesus was alive but after he died he followed him if that's not proof for the resurrection your brother ain't rocking with your ministry while you're alive but then you know jesus dies resurrects and all of a sudden his brother becomes one of the elders in the church of jerusalem right i assure you before god that i that what i am writing to you is no lie so what is paul saying paul's saying look man Uh, The revelation and the gospel I'm telling you, I got from Jesus directly. He's also saying that uh, I, I, I got saved, got radically converted, and then I went and studied for three years. I went and spent time with God studying for three years. And then, and then what? Then, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Cephas, who's Peter, and stayed with him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. I assure you before God that what I am writing to you is no lie. What does this mean? Paul, the guy who wrote our New Testament letters. Okay, this man gets radically saved, wrote to Damascus, gets radically converted, and then we think he just like jumps into ministry. No, 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 no. Paul, who writes the New Testament letters, first went and spent three years devoting himself to just learning and studying and then showed himself to the other apostles. So, Paul meets Jesus. He spends 3 years in Arabia. Then he goes to Jerusalem and he reveals himself and he meets and spends 15 days with Peter and really gets into understanding what the, the 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 gospel is it the same as theirs and that's why Peter co-signs Paul and as we see in Acts 15 Paul then is having this tension between this very issue that Galatians is describing and Paul and Peter and James agree on what is the proper protocol in terms of the Gentile Christians getting saved. Okay, so why am I telling you all this? Because there is no Lone Ranger Christianity. There is no, ah, God showed me something, and then I'm a teacher overnight, and I'm just going to hop on and just start teaching stuff. That even in the days of Jesus, even in the days of Scripture, Galatians 1, that's the passage we're covering, shows you that Paul arguably the most influential voice in Christianity besides Jesus, still had to get the cosign, had to get the approval of Peter and James, the brother of Jesus. If you want to read further, extra credit points for you. Check out Acts 15, where they have this council talking about this. And by the way, Peter cosigns Paul in the scripture. He says, yeah, I know some of this stuff's hard to understand, but Paul, well, Paul's saying a scripture, right? And, Paul calls out Peter in the in this exact book of Galatians. Wild stuff. This is wild stuff. Paul goes and makes sure that he gets the official Yes, this is the same thing we taught. Yes, this is what Jesus revealed to us, right? And he then goes on to call out Peter in this same book, and yet Peter says, "Paul, you know, was what he said was scripture that even in in the writers of scripture there was accountability, there was covering, there was elders, there was you you had to align with what you were teaching. That folks just weren't out here doing their thing on their own. That they were coming from a covering as Paul did, and then he went on to plant churches. That he didn't just jump into it. That there was a window. Of three years, okay? So, let's talk a little bit about church history, and again, then I'm going to get you guys into some real practical resources on how you can find the church, uh, a, good, a good church for you. And a lot of people are like, oh, the Catholic church, the Catholic church is bad, blah, 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 which you don't, what many of you guys don't understand is that the Catholic church was the church. The church was unified, and the word Catholic just means universal. So, meaning that there was the universal church that, by the way, was around from the early days, and that it was there, and when the creeds and All this stuff came. There was just the Catholic Church. There was nothing else, okay? And everybody was under the same umbrella. And then there came a split in the year approximately 1054. This is called the Great Schism. So we have one Catholic church. We have one Catholic church, which meant universal church, right? So you're talking about Augustine. You're talking about all the fathers who were part of the creed, right? You're talking about all these folks. They were all under the same umbrella, the Catholic church, okay? All under the same the same banner and the catholic again at that time just meant universal okay this is when the creeds were established this is when our 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 canon was established now it is when the oriental church split from the catholic church there was there was a split that happened over translation issues in some of the creeds the the oriental church was was then uh ethiopian armenian all these other churches and it split Right? And then it split again and it became the Eastern Orthodox and the Oriental. Oriental just means Eastern. I know Oriental sounds racist today, but it just means Eastern. Okay. So, boom, it splits and then it splits again. So, you got the Catholic Church as one church, one unified church, unified on doctrine, and then, boom, it splits. And you have the Oriental Church that splits again. And you have the Eastern Orthodox and you have the Oriental Church. Oriental Church, I believe, is the Armenian Church uh, and I think the Ethiopian Church. And then there's the Eastern Orthodox, which is uh, like Russian Orthodox, other Orthodox. It, they all more or less really believe in church tradition and it is. Uh, more like classical approach, if you will. What most of us also know is that after there is this, this, this split of the great schism, and you guys can look this up on your own, there was another split, very important split. The Catholic Church was in the West, the Oriental Church, and the Eastern Orthodox Church was in the East. So think, you know, Armenia, Ethiopia, India, so on and so forth. And there was another schism. And it was led by a man named Martin Luther. It was called the Protestant Reformation. This is 500 years later. Okay, Protestant Reformation... Martin Luther was a German monk who helped translate the scriptures from their original language to uh, German and then English, okay? He wanted people to be literate, he wanted people to read the scriptures on their own. And initially he was trying to reform and change things in the Catholic Church. So the Catholic Church kind of was doing some shady stuff, right? And this is no knock at all Catholics, but they were doing things like paying for indulgences. You could pay for your sins to get forgiven. You can pay for the sins of your dead family members to get forgiven, right? And Luther was like, oh, hell no. Like y'all are wilding out, right? So he writes this this, this thesis, right? He, he, he bangs it on the door and he's trying to reform things, but the Catholic church was like, nah, he's a heretic. And they threw him out which then formed the Protestant Reformation, okay? So that's why there's Catholics, there's Protestants, and then there's Eastern Orthodox and Oriental Orthodox, and that that is more or less how the church is fragmented. Now, here is the issue. (laughs) Here is the issue. The Protestant Reformation, what's the word right there inside of Protestant, the root word? Protest? (laughs) And so within the Protestant Reformation, you then have Martin Luther. You then have John Calvin. John Calvin writes uh, extensively about the sovereignty of God and all these different things. And then after John Calvin, you have Joseph Arminius. Joseph Arminius then writes his rebuttals to John Calvin in the in his five points. And then, you know, 50 years after John Calvin, we get the five points of Calvinism. So this is all Reformation. So now you got one split from the Catholic Church. So now there's Arminianism. And then the, the followers of Calvin then write a response to the response. It's like a protest on top of a protest on top of a protest. And that's more or less what we've been having in Protestantism for the past five, what is it? Yeah, 500 years. We've just been protesting and protesting and splitting and splitting and splitting and splitting and splitting and splitting and splitting, right? That's kind of where we are today. So if you're a Protestant, you got to be self-aware to know, listen, man, we're kind of the lone range of Christians. <laughs> right? It's almost in our DNA. Like, ah, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. Blah. Boom. Baptist split. You're wrong. No, you're wrong. Blah. You know, Sabbath. No, six days. Seventh-day split. La, you're wrong, you're Holy Spirit. Where's the Holy Spirit? You're in the Holy Spirit. La boom. Reformation. Another right. So it's like split on top of split on top of split on top of split on top of split. And it's just kind of intrinsic because in our DNA. And that is why. So many people want this Lone Ranger Christianity. Instead of saying, hey man, how do we unify on the essentials? How do we work together? No, I don't like this thing that you did here, so we're going to go split and do our own movement. We're going to do our own thing. Three ways to find a local church. I had to give you guys all this to understand where we are today. I I believe in a local church. I think it's important. Three ways, three ways to find a local church. Okay, the first thing you got to do is you got to know the essentials. You got to know the essentials, okay? Because if you know the essentials, then you know what you can fellowship with, okay? So I highly recommend I have a a playlist called Basics of the Faith. I talked to Michael Winger. We talk about the basics of the faith in this series. Just know what the basic essentials of the faith are. Here's the beautiful part. If you look at Ethiopian Orthodox Church, if you look at... Catholic Church, if you look at Armenian Orthodox Church, there's different emphasis on tradition. There's different emphasis on different things, but we actually all agree on the main big ideas. We believe Jesus is God. We believe Trinity. We believe Bible's inspired word of God. We believe in the virgin birth. We believe in uh, salvation by grace through faith, though some people say Catholics don't believe that, but if you read what their literature says, they believe it. It just kind of of plays out different. Um, We more or less agree on the main big ideas. Most Christians do, and when they don't, then we say, ah, you're coloring outside the Lines of orthodoxy, right? So when Jehovah's Witnesses says Jesus isn't God, he's a God, and then they change their translation to say a God in John one one, ah, uh, no, you're outside lines of orthodoxy. You are not within the confines of being a Christian uh, denomination or movement. You're outside lines of orthodoxy. So you got to know the essentials for yourself to know where you can fellowship, to know who you can fellowship with. Okay, so I I don't fellowship with Jehovah's Witnesses, right? Because I think they're off on the essentials. Right, I might have some friends that are acquaintances who are fine. I know my essentials, therefore I know that I can fellowship with my Ethiopian brothers and sisters who are, you know, a part of the Oriental history. I can fellowship with my Armenian folks. I can, right? You see what I'm saying? So it becomes broader than just Protestants, right? Oh, you 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 could only fellowship? No, it's a little broader for me than that. If we're unified on the essentials, now the second thing is, what is your community? The best way to start with finding a local church is just ask around your community. Where are you at? What's going on? What city are you in? Do you know anybody? Are you connected to anybody, right? I think if you can find out what, what friends you already have that are in local churches, and you know the essentials, then you're going to be more likely to, to to find a local community. And by the way, I got to say this about the about the church: there is no such thing. There's no such thing as a perfect church. There are a church that's right for you, but you also got to be self aware. Meaning, if you come from a bunch of church hurt, if you come from a bunch of just you know church hurt like myself. Uh, Mega church is probably not going to be a good fit for me, right? There's probably going to be things about that system that I'm going to find that I'm, I'm not going to like, right? Not to say that all mega churches are wrong. You just got to know who you are, what you are, what you've been through. So a mega church model is probably not going to work for me. So I probably need something a little different than that, right? So you got to know where you're at. Now, here is the two resources, the two resources I got to give you that I think can help a lot of you guys. If you don't know anyone that's in a church in your local area, here are two resources that I'm going to give you. The first one is the Ark Church Network. This creates some degree of uniformity and accountability, okay? Some degree of uniformity and accountability uh, on the Ark Church Network. So arkchurches.com, they got this really cool feature called Map, okay? So if you just go to arkchurches.com and you just punch in, let's just punch in where I'm at. Let's punch in San Marcos, California. And if I hit search, this is a church plant, upcoming church plant, ARC church family members. And if I zoom in, I'll find that just around me, there's actually quite a few churches that are a part of either a church uh, family m- member, right? You have Lighthouse Church, you have Summit Church, uh, Rock Church. Now, I know Miles McPherson, You wrote third option. Uh, cool church. They're part of this network, Mega Church. Okay. This is one of their sites. Um, and then you can go here and you can scroll over a little bit. And these green ones are church plants, right? So there's the station church and there is my brother, Jeff Moore's rhythm church, which I'll probably eventually end up with, uh, what you'll notice is that on this website, there isn't, my church is not on this website. The mega church North coast is not on this website. Uh, our super kind of conservative MAGA church in the area. Awaken is not on this website, right? So ARC, you're going to get a, a healthy amount of accountability. You're going to get uh, kind of a, a normalcy, they're going to be solid on the essentials. Some of them are going to be too big. I'm not going to the rock, even though Miles is my brother. I love Miles. I'm not going to a megachurch. It's, it's not, it's not going to be work for me. If you're new to the faith, hey, a megachurch might be good for you just to go get under some good teaching, scratch the surface level of the scriptures. But for me, I'm not going to be in a megachurch, right? Um, so that's the first website. And I'm going to link all this stuff in the description below. Um, ARC churches.com. Solid, more or less. A lot of you guys DM me on finding a local church and I connected with a lot of you guys through DM, but I was like, man, this is like I got so many, so many DMs that um it was it was a bit overwhelming. So I'm like, I gotta I gotta put this together. Here's another resource for church, how to find the right church. Um, Calvary Chapel Network. Okay, the Calvary Chapel Network. Now, I am not a member of a Calvary Chapel, but guys like Mike Winger are pastors of Calvary Chapel. I've known tons of pastors of Calvary Chapel. I've known tons. I've done shows at tons of Calvary Chapels. And what you're going to find is an overall uniformity, again, on the essentials, they're going to nail the essentials, and they are also charismatic in the sense that they believe in the gifts of the spirit. Um, you're not going to you're not going to walk into a Calvary Chapel church where people are going to be praying in tongues and falling out, right? But they're solid because they're verse by verse uh, Bible. A lot of that is verse by verse teaching. You're going to have some access to community. So I've done quite a few events here at Calvary Chapel, Oceanside. Very solid. A lot of opportunity for community. They do open mics. They do all kinds of good stuff. And it's not just a lone ranger CEO pastor approach to church like mega churches are often, right? Where it's like a, the guy thinks he's Steve Jobs and he's just kind of doing his own thing, right? Uh, <laughs> and uh, and I think that is a a, a solid church if you're in a city where there's a calvary chapel you don't really know where they usually have options to get plugged in they're usually solid on the essentials they're usually teaching the bible verse by verse and they also believe in the spirit and the gifts of the spirit but not in the sense where you're going to see flags and people praying in tongues and passing out in church right so it's, it's it's a solid church overall so Hopefully after this video, you know why church is important with the story of the Apostle Paul. Secondly, you know how to find the right church, which is you got to do some work and know the essentials. And there's two resources now that you have available between archurches.com and Googling a Calvary Chapel church in your area to say, hey, let me find something. Now this is not me making an endorsement of every church in the Ark network. This is not me doing an endorsement of everything that Ark uh, church may believe. Everything a Calvary Chapel may believe, but more or less If you hop on this website, punch in your zip code, call around, check their website out, see how if you you like it, see what's going on. You can find a healthy local church where you can have some degree of community. You can make some friends. You can sit under some solid teaching. You can get under some elders, so on and so forth. Serve your local church, give to a local church, and ultimately continue growing as a part of that local ecclesia that I believe if you're a follower of Christian, it's not just about what Jesus saves you from we know that he saves us from hell it's not just about what uh, Jesus saves you to which is a life following him and devoted to him but it's also about what Jesus saves you uh, to become right that, that, that he's saving you to become a member a member of a local church um, and and that is fantastic that is healthy that is great there's there's so many practical ways that the local church has been a huge blessing to me and I really do recommend that you plug into a local church and get under some good teaching, get some accountability, um, get some community around you because it was the biggest game changer in my life. And and it allowed me to continue pressing into Jesus 20 years later. I've been with Jesus for 20 years. There has been no moral breakdowns. There has been no seasons of deconstruction or deconvergence. I didn't go wild out in the world for a season. I've been faithfully serving Jesus for 20 years and it's because I've always stayed plugged into a local church that has some degree of accountability. And I recommend all of you guys do the same. So hopefully this was helpful. Let me know what y'all think. Kingstream Entertainment. Lawn. Hey, thank you so much for making it till the end of this video. If you found it valuable, please consider giving it a like and subscribing. You can check out one of the other videos related to this that'll be over here. Now, I got to tell you about a free training I have for anyone that is an entrepreneur, a creative, an artist, but maybe you are unsure on how to find your voice, how to find your niche. I have a free training in the description of this video. Check it out. Once again, thank you so much for watching. I appreciate you and I will see you on the next video. Holy smokes, you made it through the entire episode. Shout out to you probably means you're rocking with what we're doing and again we ain't got no sponsors on this show and i'm gonna keep it that way but what you can do to keep it sponsor free is consider signing up for our King dream patreon the link is in the description of this episode best way to get a hold of me best way to hop into a group zoom call and the best way to partner with what we're doing here help us create more stuff just like this thank you for listening peace